0: Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of Ancient Warfare Answers. Uh, my name is Jospo Ortas, and I'm here with Murray Dahm, who is the assistant editor for Ancient Warfare magazine. And in between our busy work trying to get the magazine out, we are answering your questions. Today, we're answering Cosma's question, uh, which was, how were mercenaries recruited in the ancient world? Well, uh, the the short answer is lots of different ways for mercenaries to be recruited. Uh, The biggest issue we've got, of course, is when do mercenaries become uh, a thing, and that tends to get pushed earlier and earlier, that there are evidence of mercenaries in a very early period in in ancient warfare. Um, And then you've got the issue of... But were they really or were they, you know, uh, the fighting unit of a conquered people, in which case your hiring was come and fight for us or else? Uh, So that probably actually that that caters for some and continues to do so. Uh, You know, the the uh, the submission of a people uh, basically reliant upon fighting for uh, the the conqueror Um, that goes all the way through to the late Roman Empire, where the Goths crossed the Danube. Based on the promise that they will fight for the Roman Empire, um, so so that's 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 one. Uh, the second one, of course, is a commander uh, who basically goes out and finds mercenaries going from city to city and hiring uh, mercenaries generally in return for cash uh, and saying, "Come and fight for me, and I'll you know take you on a on a, a journey of." Plunder and excitement. Uh, probably the best example of that is the Anabasis uh, of Xenophon, where we get great descriptions of you know masses of different uh, mercenaries being hired by individual commanders, such as Proxenos, who was Xenophon's friend, and then he goes to join Clearchus the Spartan, uh, and they then join Tissaphernes, and they've all kind of hired themselves to. A commander who's under Clearchus, who's under Tissaphernes, who of course is basically uh, dissimulating because then Tissaphernes has a plan to try and take the throne of of Persia, and all of these mercenaries didn't sign up for that. So there's all of those sorts of things, which again is really interesting, and we did it in um, the last magazine where we looked at the. The, the sort of terms of some of the mercenary agreements which we've got surviving in one contract uh, where they've actually got some quite niggly little you won't, you won't you know, have us for longer than two years you won't be able to do these things that we don't want to do uh, you'll have a like a retirement plan if one of us dies on, on campaign you'll look after our family and our wives which is a quite very forward thinking uh, for a mercenary contract in the you know, third century B.C. Uh, so there's those um, individual commanders hiring groups and and that again that continues all the way through the Roman Empire Um, you know the Roman Emperors have a is it a mercenary band of German bodyguards it looks like it is Um, you know they seem to be extra outside the normal legionary Praetorian Guard kind of enrolment so again that's sort of very hard to know Uh, the other one you've got of course is things like at Athens you've got um, when they have the four corps at Athens after the Persian Wars. So you've got the navy, which we know all about. We've got the hoplites, which we know all about. You've got the cavalry, which we know all about. And uh, you've also got the archers. Now, the archers are interesting because, of course, stereotypically in uh, Greek warfare, archers are you know, regarded as cowardly, and yet virtually every army has archers somewhere, not always mentioned. But they are there. Um, And at Athens, for instance, they hire Scythians, the 300 Scythian archers who are like a local police force, which is very peculiar. They also hire uh, barbarians to be their archers as well. Uh, And they also hire uh, metics and Cretans to be part of their archer corps. Uh, And like the history of Cretan mercenaries goes all the way from uh, the the 5th century BC in the, in the Peloponnesian War, perhaps even earlier, all the way through to the Roman Empire when you get uh, cohorts of Cretan archers um, which we'll get to in a second about are they actually Cretans? We'll get to that. So that's that's the the sort of the, the, the next slide is uh, city-states hiring people and paying them uh, rather than individual commanders. Um, you then have the issue of uh, what are called simakoi. So uh, there are cities, for instance, on Crete and in the Greek uh, states as well, where the city agrees to provide a commander or another city with a group of mercenaries for a given set of time and generally a given number of mercenaries. Now, that's really interesting because it looks like they agree to give 200 mercenaries to a commander for two years, for instance, and if there are casualties in those 200, the city that's hiring out its citizens has been paid for 200 mercenaries for two years. So the city's responsibility is to replace those casualties with more men to replace the ones who've died, which is a really interesting uh, really interesting sort of uh, contract agreement. Um, what's also interesting is... Clearly, those cities were also doing a bit of a dodge because they were going, yeah, we'll just get 200 blokes in and then we'll we'll shove them off. So these surviving uh, contract uh, inscriptions where we have them actually specify that 50% of those agreed mercenaries must be citizens of that city. So you couldn't just grab any old bloke and put them into the field. Um, So clearly, I mean, that clause implies that there were people hiring bad mercenaries trying to play the <laughs> system so those Simicoy agreements are really interesting because you've got uh mercenaries being hired all over the the mediterranean especially the the eastern mediterranean um essentially hired out from their city their home city and they've been paid for in advance and so the city has uh you know has has got the income and they've then signed up um we get some who have gone to syracuse and then uh, having and so, so there's lots of um, the the epigrams of Callimachus, for instance, in the, in the Greek anthology, uh, there's mercenaries who've dedicated their weapons in uh, Syracuse in Ortigia, and then they move to Alexandria, where they hire themselves out again. so there's sort of it's a mercenary life um, and that again, that goes all the way back to the seventh century. there's Greek lyric which is talking about, you know, being a mercenary fighting on the, you know, the, the, the conquest of Thasos and these other cities. So it's a, it's an amazingly long period. Uh, so that's, that's Simicoy agreements. Then you have agents where a commander or a general or a, or a ruler would hire an agent to go and hire them mercenaries in a particular city. So again, we have evidence that Mithridates V, for instance, had paid for a vast number of Thracians, uh, for a very long period of time, where he could basically just use it as a recruiting ground um, and so they have agents who would go around and make these agreements on behalf of the ruler um, so that's that's that 's those and then you 've got you know the the, the uh, Numidian horsemen um, under Massinissa and things like that that they are they allies or are they mercenaries they 're a kind of vague uh sort of agreement because again um What you've got with Caesar is Caesar's using Numidian horsemen in the conquest of Gaul, uh, and that clearly isn't an ally relationship. It must be some kind of mercenary relationship. We don't know much about the Carthaginian hiring practices. We know they had a very sort of massively uh, mercenary army. We don't know whether it was under one of these sorts of agreements. Probably, you know, probably Hannibal is, is making negotiations with uh, chieftains and cities to provide him with troops in order to go and you know campaign for x amount of years, probably not uh, for fifteen, um, which it ends up being, but uh, we don 't know how they swap out, for instance, um, obviously one of the things you can appeal to mercenaries with is plunder um, that they 're going to augment their pay, um, but what these things show is that a lot of them are actually paid in advance and then they are paid. Sort of a stipend on the on the job, but the the city, especially, that's that's hired them on their behalf. They they get they get the lump sum in advance, which is fascinating and, and complicated. Um, and if I got them all, we've got cities, synecoi agents, and commanders. Yep. so that's that's a sort of a very very brief overview of, of all so the different ways. What about individuals? Where they come? I think individuals can be become part of any one of those. So. Like in these these Greek Symmachoi agreements, uh, sorry, these Cretan Symmachoi agreements, you could make your way to Crete and sign up to be another one of these uh, mercenaries from that city. And of course, obviously, um, the Peloponnese becomes a, a, a massive recruitment zone after the Peloponnesian War in the fourth century BC, um, where there's lots of men soldiers who've got equipment waiting to be hired. So I think that there's probably you know you can just see the recruitment desk. Um, of some of these people who are just like signing up soldiers, knowing that they're going to be hired out um and you know i'll give you a i'll give you a a, a i'll give you a mora of of you know Spartan trained hoplites or Peloponnesian hoplites or uh i think those sorts of uh, entities exist um it's just we really lose track of them other than in the vaguest terms and what role does the um Oh gosh, the the famous cape on the southern tip of. Uh, That's what I meant. That's what I meant yeah. uh, when I said "Spelunceans" because it's ta-ta... goods with T. Go on, brain. Um, yeah. And I want to say, Taurion. No, no. Anyway. no. Uh, it's a cape. It's a cape at the Somebody south of shouting At the, at the it, podcast Yes, they now. are. Sorry, sorry to those of you shouting at your screens right now. Um, we know the one. We just can't put our finger on the name. And I think that's the same thing, is that because of the traffic that would go past it, uh, sea traffic, that's the perfect place to, so you know, where drop off and pick go, up. agents probably. Or- agents, but also, I think it would also be a destination to know that you could be hired from there. Yeah. Um, yes. Cool. So, yeah, that's, well, that's well, in hope, a nutshell. Uh, I hope that answers the question at least somewhat for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We'll speak again soon.